0: The future of the midterm rental insurance industry and our insider roundtable secrets. Recently, we huddled with some of the industry's top leaders in the space to discover what was happening or what is happening, what is currently happening and the trajectory of where we are headed in the midterm rental insurance space. Now, we sat down with some Intel industry experts that are integrated roll up the sleeves just like me peers that i've had on the podcast and i want you to just tap in to listen to what our thoughts are our collective thoughts because again there's strength in numbers we all have different uh perspectives some of them are the same some of them differ but we had a round table with uh, jesse vasquez um we had jamie banks we had sarah d weaver we had rachel gainsborough we had vivian uh, yip we had tanisha ebbs And we just all came together under a roundtable and talked about what the future is, where we individually think the opportunities are. And it's in your best interest to tap in so that you can be ahead of the pack to identify know how you want to position yourself with these recent breaking news and the recent announcement, or at least the recent positioning of how these temporary relocation companies are working with the uh, displaced families. And. It's all about being educated it's all about being early by being here on Experiment Nation, by being here and watching this channel, by being subscribed to this channel, if you haven't already do it right now, you get access to insider information as early as we get to it. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. And if you get any value, make sure you share this with someone who you feel this could benefit from, as it is important and critical for us to share the word for us to continue to be early. And continue to be able to help as many families as possible and of course making sure that your bottom line is taken care of us while doing so with that said enjoy the
1: episode um so sarah let's jump to you who is probably somewhere in the world right now traveling If you want to go ahead and give us a quick intro and then we'll go around the uh, circle here
2: absolutely hi everyone i'm sarah weaver and as jesse alluded to i am a world traveler i am fully nomadic my rental portfolio is in omaha Des Moines and Kansas City, and as a world traveler, I never dreamed of. Man, I hope I can have an Airbnb in Omaha, but that is what I have, and that is what I love. So I love talking about that. You may heard of the book Thirty Day Stay. I wrote that with Ziana McIntyre for Bigger Pockets, and so I love all things MTR.
1: Love it, Miss Doctor Ray- Rachel. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Hey guys, my name is Dr. Rachel Gainsbury. Uh, We have the luxury brand short-term gems. You can find us anywhere where we're talking about uh, medical professionals who are ditching burnout and getting into short-term rentals in the luxury space as well as luxury midterm rentals. So that is my jam. I can talk about that all day and really excited about being here with this, these powerhouses to talk a little bit more about the changes that are going on in the space.
1: Love it. Thank you, Dr. Rachel. Jamie, go ahead.
4: Hi, everyone. My name is Jamie Banks. Um, I'm actually newer to the medium-term rental space. Started in January. Um, I'm currently a owner. I have an arbitrage unit and I'm a co-host. Um, and we are currently in eight different markets, mostly on the East Coast. Um, my approach is to build a network of homes. So whether that's homes that I own, co-host, and I'm also um, venturing into multifamily and to be able to offer those to relocation companies and other um, corporations needing housing.
1: Love it. Tanisha, go ahead. Let's jump in.
5: My name is Tanisha Epps-Spencer. I have to get used to saying that because I just got married not that long ago. Um, so I have been in the midterm rental space for the last two years, I have a 20-year background uh, in the insurance industry, so I used to be a traveling claims adjuster and manager dealing with people that lost their homes, cars, families. Uh, So I have a special place in my heart for the insurance side, but I also used to be a corporate traveler, so I married those things together into now the housing side. I'm mostly a creative finance investor, so I buy on creative finance and then turn them into midterm rentals. And I have a model very similar to Jamie where I'm building a network of properties to help other owners get their properties visible in the space. And I just love the service piece and I'm super excited to be here with everybody.
1: Thank you, Tanisha. Ruben, go ahead, buddy. My goodness.
0: Ruben Kanye here. I'm the host of The Real Estate Experiment. I love to surround myself with these Uh, lovely leaders in our space and take their experiments and go even deeper and deeper, right? So I'm constantly learning from my peers here, which I'm super stoked about. We're based here in Georgia. And what we've done is we've uh, doubled down to work uh, specifically with insurance companies. So having the short-term rental model, then transitioning into mid-term rental and working directly with the insurance companies and relocation companies. Uh, Also, thanks to Rachel, we've been able to Put a network together called the MTR Insurance Network, uh, where we're helping a lot of our mastermind students uh, get access to these deals and giving them strategies on how to continue to increase their occupancy and
1: profitability.
0: So super stoked to be always uh, ahead of all the news,
1: to stay ahead of it and be able to share with our network. So let's do it. Awesome. Thanks, Ruben. And Viv, go ahead.
6: Hey, guys. I'm Vivian Yip. I'm located here in Austin, Texas. I am a real estate investor and midterm rental host. My business is the brand of Hestia, where we gather all the best hosts and the best properties, and we market them to B2B providers and create a great hospitality experience for our guests. So we do a lot of, you know, corporate relocations and insurance housing as well. Um, We found, I found that a lot of, you know, even just for myself, having 13 properties, it was difficult to market uh, the right property at the right price at the right place to these uh, insurance companies. So gathering a beautiful inventory. Is the name of the game here. And I've been hosting for over five years. Fun fact my mother was also a businesswoman, and we relocated all over the world, uh, including Canada and Hong Kong and the United States. And I stayed in corporate housing, gosh, a lot in my life. So it's come full circle. And I'm so happy to be here, Jesse.
1: Awesome. I'm glad to have everybody here. You guys are freaking amazing and making waves in the midterm space. So my first question, I'm going to go ahead and open this up and I'm going to if, if actually, we'll, we'll. I'm going to choose who we're going to have speak on this on this specific topic right here. So the first question is going to be, how do you perceive the shift towards unfurnished housing by ALE Solutions, who is the largest provider uh, for folks that are had properties that are, uh, you know, a loss due to a fire, or flood or some type of event? Um, what impact do you think it will have on the midterm rental market? I am going to go ahead and go with Jamie first on this.
4: So I think one that looking from a company's perspective, it definitely makes sense that unfurnished housing is usually cheaper than the furnished housing options. And so for me, I think what will be the shift in the medium term rental industry is to really look at your locality. So if you're in New York, maybe um, being a bit unique and like looking at plastic surgeons, because a lot of people will go to New York to get classic surgery, or if you're in a smaller market, finding the smallest um or a smaller business in that market. And so I really think it's gonna it's gonna take hosts and like anybody in the medium term rental industry to find different ways to stand out and then also find different I'll say niche markets to target. Um while insurance is still a large part of of my business and you know I, I want it to continue being that way, definitely having a lot of options um is, you know, is the best thing more excuse me moving forward.
1: Got you. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. I think shifts are going to happen with people. I believe that most people don't want to put in a lot of work when it comes to doing these things. So I'm curious to see who it weeds out. Um, Let's go ahead and go to Ruben now. Ruben, what's your thoughts on what you believe the impact will be moving on in the midterm rental market after this shift towards unfurnished housing? What's your thoughts on
0: this? Yeah. So I think it's going to open up the door completely to A in an avatar that was not used to getting uh, this form of engagement from these relocation companies. And what I mean is, you know, I think I saw a post on Baker Pockets where there was a gentleman that was like, hey, you know, I got a company that reached out to me. They're willing to pay. They're willing to. Now it'll be we're willing to furnish. Your paradigm shift needs to shift to being able to identify these opportunities because if you see it all as scam or all this doesn't seem real, you're going to actually miss out. And I think there's an opportunity. There's two opportunities. One is for. Uh, traditional investors who have properties that are sitting vacant on Zillow rental manager or anything like that, they're going to get a lot more inquiries. And so it's, it it behooves us to be familiar with what these inquiries are going to look like to actually be able to take advantage of these opportunities. And the second opportunity that I see is if you're hungry, there's never been a time I I was just speaking with Rachel about this and I hope I'm not, uh, you know, uh, taking your storm or anything, but we are just constantly masterminding. I think this this opens up a huge opportunity for those who are in arbitrage, because like never before, you can go ahead and build your book of business list with these um, homeowners who have these uh, this this uh, unf- these unfurnished uh, properties, and reach out to them, and then educate them on the opportunity. That is about to come and about to unfold because they need to get familiar with it. And if you're ahead of it, I think you can truly capitalize that and build and extend your business model. Right. Truly. So that's that's where I see the opportunities in the marketplace.
1: Yeah, I have a quick, quick little uh, tidbit on that. And this is just this is just hearsay at the moment. I have spoke to somebody that worked in the uh, in this in this division. They were saying that they were they were looking at potentially only going after homeowners where they were actually wanting the note of a property before they would even so arbitrage would essentially be not looked at. And that could be a future thing. But it's something to think about. Because again, these are these are things that we all are going to come. I mean, imagine spending so much money to get into arbitrage and all of a sudden insurance companies like, sorry, we're only going to take homeowners that have these homeowners policies, as opposed to, you know, arbitrage. So this is something to think about in the future. Um, and again, right now at this moment, um, I had a mastermind call with my group earlier in the week, and we had somebody in that was a relocation specialist that's been in the field for a long time. And that was something that he had mentioned talking about that it could be something coming down the pipeline as there's conversation about it now. So that opens up another thing like there's potentially doors closing and then other doors opening. So it leads to a lot of variability, I think in the space. So I think we have to be very cautious of what we're doing in this space, but also just like we always talk about here having exit strategies to what we're doing. Let's go ahead and go to Rib. What do you think about that, real quick, before I head over to Tunisia? Yeah, no,
0: I. That's very interesting because I know on the furnish side, and because we co-host, own, as well and manage that 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 that's never come up. Right. So it'd be interesting if that's something that they start to lean on, where they they don't want to because the entire idea is to cut the middleman, so they don't want another middleman in there. So that's that's very interesting. I wanna I I definitely wanna hear more of this, Jesse. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. Yeah, it was it was a it was new to me, too. And my my, even the relocation specialist was like, I don't know how they would what are they going to do? Pull the deed of trust for every single property that they're I mean, would they have to have a deed? Tanisha, you were there. You heard it. Um, And (laughs) it's it's something to think about, you know, for sure. So let's go to you, Tanisha. What's your thoughts on the market shifting, changing? um, And what do you think the implications will be in the midterm rental market?
5: Yeah, so the first thing is for me, this isn't new because I'm already renting unfurnished properties to them, so that's not new. I do a hybrid strategy, so I have properties that I purchase that I choose not to furnish, and I also work with other operators that we choose not to furnish. So, um, like I have a lot of my properties in Virginia, so we have one we're going on rental number four where the property's not furnished, and we're still getting the same rates that we generally would get on unfurnished. So. You really have to know for yourself, like, what does my property provide? How do I stand out in the marketplace? So not everybody, it's not easy to go find a four or five bedroom house that will also accept multiple pets. So if you stand out in different ways that other people don't, especially if you understand the business that you're in and how you're serving the people on the other end, you can stand out and it becomes easy on the furnished side or the unfurnished side. So for me, it's not a big change because I'm already doing it. I think what it does is it gives additional people the opportunity to get into the business. Uh, but my opinion still is you have one property, you're still going to be a little bit at a disadvantage as opposed to like, you know, those of us that have a network or we have multiple properties in different areas. Like I have properties in Virginia, North Carolina, and Arizona. I also help people, you know, get properties uh, rented in other places. But those one-off locations like I'm helping a rep try to find something in some city I've never heard of in Wisconsin right so it's still tough for them so you have to understand the job of the person on the other end and our job is to be a service provider and it's not going to be as easy as they think to find properties in all these locations that's the biggest that's the biggest thing so we still have we still have value add and the last thing to add in because I know I'm over 30 seconds but I'm like stealing some of my industry knowledge here, the insured still has a choice, right? They still have choice. And so a lot of people think like for an ALE, for example, that just because your insurance company refers them over to ALE that you have to work with them. And the fact of the matter is you don't. So I'm sure all of you have probably gotten requests from people, individuals, not just the ALE rep. So if you stand out to those people, you're still at an advantage.
1: Got you. That's good. Definitely good insight. Thanks, Tanisha. Uh, Ms. Rachel.
3: I love everything that I've heard so far, and I I do want to lean in uh, a little bit more to what Tanisha just stated because she's absolutely right. The guest choice matters, and there's nothing like going through the entire customer journey and then when the guest walks through the property and it's just meh or eh, right? And so design, property selection, your amenitization of the property, I just think it's a it's a great opportunity for for hosts to level up right level up what is the value proposition that you're offering, especially when you have walked the mile uh in the shoes of that guest that you wanna serve so well so I welcome it um I know when I first heard the news, I reached out directly to a l e and it was business as usual. It's like, yeah, we've had furnished and unfurnished. Mm-hmm for ages. And so what we know to be true is that the longer stays that they're expecting, they're going to hedge towards unfurnished. So I'm not worried about that, but it gives me an opportunity to grab a property, whether I'm closing on it real quick and leveraging that as a midterm rental without having to furnish right away, or even leveraging arbitrage, which a few members of our community decided to Uh, to do just this week and we're training on that as well so yeah unfurnished i welcome it but still uh setting yourself apart from the crowd is going to be the key
1: got it love it and then sarah let's go ahead and go with you
2: Yeah. Thanks so much. I I have to echo kind of what everyone else is saying is that um, this is not a time to panic, even though panic they will. And I love the DMs that I got when this kind of started spreading and, and the posts about ALE kind of went rabid fire on Instagram, at least among us real estate investors. And I told everyone, I mean, I have not used ALE for any of my units. And I'm fully booked. I'm fully booked on the strategy that I'm using. And so when you find something that works, continue to do it. And when noise starts, you know, getting louder on the outside, you still just stick with what you're doing. And I I think both Tanisha and Rachel say something really important is that we're service providers and what we provide matters. And so if you're worried about saturation or additional competition, it's time to really look at your units and the way that you're functioning your business and ask yourself, am I a professional? Am I product? Am I like introducing myself as a professional? to these relocation companies whether it be ale or their competitors and then also do my units speak for themselves because these people are not going to choose your unit if there's another better option on the table and so i don't think i need to be a hundred percent better than my competition but i always look to be ten percent better because i want to stay fully booked because believe it or not as real estate investors the only way we make money is if someone's in our place paying us and so i want to keep people happy and i want to keep them in my units
0: experiment nation you've heard the word mtr mid-term rentals as it is currently a hot topic and hot commodity right now because Again, there has been an increase in short term rental regulations, and there also has been, let's face it, a slowdown in what we were experiencing a couple years back when it comes to bookings. So with that said, short term rental operators are looking for alternative solutions to tap into the mid-term rental space. However, There is a space, there is a sub niche of midterm rental insurance that I'm truly excited about that I want to share with you that the experience that we've had, the tremendous results we've been able to have, and that's the insurance midterm rental space, which is very different than your traditional midterm rentals. When you think of traditionally midterm rentals, you think of travel nurses. There is a space minister insurance space that we've tapped in where you need to be well connected with insurance and relocation specialists and companies and understand the right type of asset required for you to be able to help these families what's really important that stands out the most which you can get in what i'm about to offer you is the understanding where to be found by these insurance companies how to properly manage your calendar so that your listings are optimized so that they can find you, how to actually gain traction and build a relationship with these relocation insurance companies. I've put together an MTR insurance blueprint, that's double M-T-triple R insurance blueprint to cover these foundations after we've had success landing very large contracts on single family homes that... Literally 4x what we traditionally make in long-term rentals, and also gives us peace of mind because there's less turnover and 100% occupancy because these contracts can start anywhere from 30 days to three months to eight months, and range anywhere from again we've landed anywhere from eight thousand to nine thousand dollars a month in per month on a single-family home property, which our mortgages are typically around the twenty-four hundred range which then gives you a large spread of anywhere from four to six k net on just one property and this is why it's very hot right now but people who haven't been in the lab with individuals like myself like jesse vasquez and dr rachel gainsborough and noble crawford don't have the foundations and don't know exactly where to start and therefore this is why i'm giving you guys a blueprint the mtrr insurance blueprint go to the website experimentrealestate.com and get yourself a blueprint to completely change or at least have a plan B if you're a short-term rental operator looking to maximize your occupancy and profitability. We'll see you on the other side.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think you guys are all spot on. I don't think anybody said anything that I'm like what, um, but I do agree. I think that this shift is going to um, it's going to happen. I think again, as you mentioned before, Ale and a ton of other companies have been doing this forever. This is not something new. It's been something that has been going on for years. In fact, when I started insurance claims, that's how it was. A lot of the times, it was there was not even furnished. There was not furnished properties um, when I first in the, was in this space. So. It's something that I believe a lot of people are going to have to understand. I think Ruben might have mentioned it a lot more um, of the traditional operators that are landlords, long-term rental, you know, landlords. They're missing out on opportunities here. And I think that um, most long-term rental tenant or owners, landlords, they don't want to deal with this three-month booking stuff. So they're kind of going to, they're just going to be like, I don't want to deal with that. And people that are savvy in the space that understand it and get it, they're going to have a leg up as far as cash flow. Obviously, there's risk of not of having vacancy, but that's why we make these exaggerated, you know, this income because we are taking that risk of potentially having vacancy and and or having vacancy regularly. I mean, it is part of it is part of midterm rentals to a certain degree that we are going to have vacancy, um, and those long term rental um, landlords they don't like to have that, which is why they like the twelve month traditional leases. So. I'm curious to see what happens on that end as well. Um, but I also believe that this is going to open up a lot of different strategies for a lot of different people. As we mentioned before, like having different exit strategies from day one is so important. And yeah, granted, ALE Solutions and CRS and Sedwick, all these places, they do pay well, but you don't want to make that your primary source of your income that comes in. Because again, there's shifts that happen in the market. You have to be intuitive you have to think ahead of time, uh, think ahead of the curve. And I think we're all here in this space doing that now. So This leads me into this question, and I'm going to go ahead and start off with Tanisha. What advice would you give to other operators who are navigating these changes?
5: Uh, The biggest piece of advice, I think it's some of the things that we talked about, like how how do you cater to the people who need to stay with you, right? So that's the first thing. But you have to know your client avatar. So if your whole business is focused on a strategy for one client avatar, you could potentially be doing yourself a major disservice. Again, unless you have like 10, 15, 20 properties then now you're providing a variety of options. So your biggest thing is to know your client avatar before anything else and how you can best serve them. Um, I think if you do that to start and you make the right connections and you just provide something that really stands out, put yourself in the shoes of the relocation specialist you may be working with, understand their job and what service you're providing them. Same thing with your guest. What service are you providing them? What problem are you solving? Because really we get paid to solve problems. That's what this whole thing is about. It's the same thing I say in creative finance. The more problems I can solve, the more money that I can make.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I'm with you on the problem solving. Uh, What about you, Viv?
6: Uh, I agree with Tanisha. Like one of the things that I've uh, recently gotten was a EV vehicle, right? And I've been having to drive, you know, couple hours each way from my hometown to go do presentations and whatnot. And I found that it's very difficult to find a hotel that has EV charging. And I have to drive 10 minutes out of my way to go charge my car. And I thought, well, what if I provided that at my midterm rentals? What if like the, I mean, I think the ball is moving that way. So if you can provide amenities, as Dr. Rachel said, like amenities that make you stand out from the competition, that is a great way to do your business is See where the puck is going.
2: Anytime I forget you live in Austin, I'll just remember, oh, yeah, she talked about her EV car.
6: She's (laughs) so Austin. (laughs) I got a car that rhymes with my name. (laughs) Do you? I got a Rivian. It's Vivian's Rivian.
1: Rivian's Rivian. You're going to have to get that plastered on the side of your vehicle so we all know it's you when you're cruising around Austin. That's great. Yeah, I love love, it. Viv's real. (laughs) I love the idea of having uh, vehicles. We have a fleet of vehicles at our places too. And I think it's super important to stand out. In fact, when we're talking to agencies, companies and things like that, and we bring that up, they're just like, you guys have what? That's what an intuitive investor is going to do. They're going to think ahead. Viv, you're on it. Make things happen. I love it. Uh, Rach, let's go to you.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would say that leaning into social proof is going to be the key. Um, because a lot of times I know that as investors, we're ready to jump on the next thing, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to emphasize the property that you have right now, right? What have guests been saying about it? What are those survey collections looking like? How can we improve upon it? And how do we inject confidence? into the community that our property is the exact property that they need uh, for their specific needs. Is your listing description optimized to speak to these midterm rental guests, letting them know that, yeah, this is not the bachelorette party pad, right? This is the place where you're going to find solace and peace and, and healing during your time of need. The language alone is a game changer are all the photos exemplifying captions that share the experience that they're going to uh encounter within the space telling me in the caption this is a bathroom is not enough guys we need to go a little further and this is what we do inside of our academy it was like you know experience the high pressure shower head in, in the bathroom it's important mm-hmm. And the more you feed that to the community, this is marketing. The more you feed that to those who are looking at your property, that's when they say, you know what, this is the place I want to stay because guess they have the option, they have the choice. So social proof is important. Every single review that's left on your property, respond with a public review and don't say, hey, do come again. No, express to the future guess hey, come again, because we also offer relocation housing, whoever that avatar may be. And start thinking about who your secondary midterm rental avatar is. Jesse it, said it. Everyone said it here. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Is it academic housing? Is it Political campaign housing, I mean, we are in a political cycle Is if the film industry, flight industry, government officials, Is are you near an Air, air uh, Force base? You know, start to understand who that avatar is and also speak to them in your copy. So leaning into what you already have is important. And if you don't have something, it's time to get in. And you have a supportive group here who can help you get across the finish line and win.
1: I love it. Thank you, Dr. Rachel. Uh, Jamie, go ahead.
3: I really wanted to
4: echo what Rachel said. I think, like, The biggest thing is making sure who you're marketing to is in your ideal guest avatar are aligned. Like sometimes um being a co-host, I'll um I'll work with landlords who are maybe I want to say failed operators, but you know, it wasn't necessarily what you know they thought it was. And maybe their ideal guest avatar is a travel medical professional, but it's in the you know, an unsafe part of town, or when they are describing it, you know, it's sounding like as we're saying, Rachel, the the bachelorette pad, or sounding like, oh, this is, you know, city life where they're looking for something quiet. And so making sure those are aligned. And um some other advice would really be to figure out the local need in your market. So I took over uh, my grandfather's units, actually, that are in Dover, Delaware, very small town in Delaware, um, and going into it and, and looking, there's a military base in there, but there's also base housing. And so, um, I contacted the Chamber of Commerce, which I like, pro tip, definitely recommend you do to figure out, hey, what's going on, what businesses? And so long story short, we figured out that the hospital started a new residency program and their residents are living in the Red Roof Inn. And obviously I can provide, right, all of us can provide a nicer accommodation than a Red Roof Inn. And so realizing like in your market, there's need, there's a need where a extended stay hotel isn't going to, you know, isn't going to cut it. And so I think finding and being very, very um, proactive about marketing to whoever your ideal
2: guest is, is really important.
1: Got it. I love it. And Sarah, we will close this off with you. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I think it's really important that people realize that real estate investing is not necessarily the easy button. I'm always amazed by some of the questions that I get from operators or or landlords who have owned a property for thus long, yet they don't know how to do this or don't know how to do that. And they're really wanting someone to handhold for them. And so I think it's fantastic. There are businesses out there like Jamie who can co-host for you or manage for you. And that just might be the right answer for some investors. Whereas I know there's a lot of investors that are shaking their head like, no, that's not me that are listening to this. Well, then really start to think differently. Uh, Jamie's example of of Chamber of Commerce is such a great pointer for people to think differently. And sometimes when I get a question, whether it's DM to me because they read my book or they email me, sometimes I think, If you really think about it, I bet you know the answer. Of course, I don't ever respond that way, but I'm just like, sometimes people need to think. And so if you're listening to this, you probably are someone who thinks because you're spending your time gathering information about real estate investing from Jesse and his incredible network. But I think what's really important is that at the end of the day, you take a deep breath and you realize, okay. I'm following all the things that I'm supposed to. I'm, you know, 10% better than my competition. I know my avatar, as Tanisha said. I have an extra amenity like Vivian's EV charger. I'm going to be okay. And if you're that investor, I just like want to embrace you with my voice and just say, like, you got this. And if you're the investor that's like, oh, I'm looking for the easy button, then I urge you to contact someone to co-host for you or help you manage, because this is not meant to be this difficult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also say... Um you know, getting in the midterm rental space is hard. So you and I are opposite on that. And I guess to a certain degree, because it's a lot of work. Like I think maybe the way that I do it is a lot of work. I mean, I'm I'm not just listing on Airbnb waiting to get booked. And I don't think you are either, um, Sarah. I think there's a lot of stuff that goes involved in it, and which is actually going to lead me into my last and final question here. Um, And this final question, I'm going to go ahead and take this first. What are some innovative or alternative business models that midterm rental operators can explore beyond working with companies like ALE Solutions, Dan Housing, CRS, And I'm going to go ahead and go into something that I've talked about before. You guys have probably heard me say this. Um, I picked up a huge contract with a company called uh, Dave & Busters. You guys are all familiar with Dave & Busters. And the reason why I even got this is because I drove by an extended stay hotel and like a creeper at 7 o'clock at night when all these construction guys were back at home. I took a picture of every single work truck that was out there. And guess what we did? Tanisha, you talked about solving problems. I'm exactly the same way. How do we solve problems? I called the, the company that was on the truck. It was actually a company from Kentucky. I called this woman, had this beautiful accent. And she she said, uh, I said, hey, I'm actually looking for, for I saw your work truck um, and I own property in this market. Can you tell me a little bit about how much you guys are paying? She ended up, after all those crazy questions, she ended up telling me that they were staying at a Holiday Inn Express. They were paying $202 a night for five dudes that were engineers to stay at the place. If you guys do the math on that, times 30 a month, right? Times 30 days a month. They were paying crazy amount of money. I had a five bedroom house that we were renting for ten k. We saved them um, over fifteen thousand dollars a month. And I think if you guys look at things this way, it can change the projection or the trajectory of where your business is going. Um, thinking creatively, thinking outside the box. Um, instead of driving for dollars, we're driving for contracts, and that's essentially what we ended up doing. And creating a business model specifically out of that. So um, it's about networking and connecting, and how do we solve these problems? So I am going to go to you, um, Doctor Rachel. What innovative or alternative business models that midterm rental operators can explore beyond working with companies like ALE Dan Housing and whatnot? What's an alternative to to those folks?
3: Yeah, I love it. I know Jamie mentioned intern housing. That's one. Of course, there's seasonal workers that come to an area. The film industry. We, that's our one of our secondary. SAG after strikes are pretty much over, so that's picking up again. Construction workers, uh, disaster relief. Those who are coming in from FEMA. Uh, artists, writers, climate migrant, expatriates, political campaign. There are just so many. But what Jamie said was great. We leverage both our Chamber of Commerce as well as AI to identify what is the demographics of travelers coming to the area looking for 30 day housing. So I encourage, you know, everyone to go to where the, the puck is going and leverage, you know, AI and other tools to find out who else is coming to your market.
1: Got you. I love it. Let's go to Tanisha. How would we actually, we're talking about all these things, but let's, let's talk about the average listener that's watching or listening to this right now that is, um, you know, trying to figure out, well, how do you actually do this? Can you break down what, like how I just gave the example of driving by, a tr- you know, driving by, can you give it a, a tactical example that somebody could take today in their midterm rental business on an innovative or alternative business model that can help them scale in this space?
5: Yeah. So once you figure out who your client avatar is, like for example, uh, one of my big client avatars is working with people who are transitional between housing. So I just sold one house. My next house isn't ready. I couldn't do a rent back on my house because I needed to sell it, especially in this market. If you get an offer and it works, you should probably take it. So what's your alternative? I have to go stay with my family members, which nobody wants to do. I have somebody waiting to get into one of my houses right now because that's their problem. So I asked them a ton of questions. I asked, who's your builder? They told me the name of their builder. I'm reaching out to the builders and I'm saying, Hey, is this a problem for you? Who are the realtors that you're working with? Pick up the phone. Like, don't, this is the whole thing with this business. You can sit back and wait or you can be proactive and bring your clients to you once you know who it is that you're serving. So I pick up the phone and I call builders and I figure out what their problems are with the people they can't house. I call realtors. Let me be a value add to your business so you can refer me. And now you get to be the rock star agent. So. All you have to do is pick up the phone. Who is the person that's connected to the person you need to get into your place? Once you figure that out, easy.
1: Easy peasy, uh, Ruben. You're an agent. Does that make sense for you? Like, is that a, is that a great option? Yeah. You know,
0: it's funny. We actually um, we have a peer in our space. I think Amanda, the traveling realtor. She she specializes in that, and she's amazing for doing so. Uh, and it's about that transition period. And 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 I've had multiple actually inquiries very similar, whether it's construction or things took longer. Um, but I want to kind of maybe combine the two answers because I know I didn't get a chance to to share about kind of the the branding and I want to echo what everyone said. Sometimes we, we do want to go, you know, horizontal, right. And, and, and try all these things. Um, I like going a little bit deeper, and I think some of us don't go as deep as we can. And part of going deeper is having exactly what Tanisha is talking about, right? So one of the ways we go deep is, let's say it's say you do want to go deep on insurance, where people stay at the surface level, just submit in a database, wait on Airbnb, and wait. If you go hunt, what I love about this space is you're talking to subject matter experts, right? Like, Tanisha, you've been in space. So when I'm talking to a specific subject matter expert, I'm asking them, what they're looking for, how they're looking for it. And one key thing, an actionable step that you can take is as they're telling you these things, that's sh- that becomes your copy. That becomes what you put into your listing. If they say if they say we're looking for flexible stays, pet friendly, and honestly, we really need the flexible extensions and unfurnish or furnish. Put that out there because if you optimize and start speaking the language, when we talk about marketing The simplest form of marketing is making it as simple as possible and speaking to the pain points of your ideal customer. And if we can do that by simply listening, right, whether you get an inquiry where you get on the phone and you get this data and you listen to those keywords, that is a form of optimization, which therefore then leads to branding, which then leads to in increased traffic, right? And and then you can obviously cater to your avatar a little bit better. So I think sometimes it behooves us to go a little bit deeper and not be afraid, like T- T- Tanisha said, to pick up the phone and get those keywords, get those key pain points, and then put it back into our marketing and branding and copy.
1: Yep. I love it. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times people forget that this is an actual business. <laughs> like at the end of the day, like, it's it's one thing to list on airbnb but if you want to be proactive or you want to build your house on your own land you're going to have to pick up the phone you are going to have to cold call you have to show up at a real estate office talk about what you do become an expert and guess what you start attracting rather than chasing and i think a lot of people in this space um are chasing these different opportunities when they need to educate themselves learn about it and then those people will then come to them once they're out there talking about it so uh Viv I know that that's something that you do. I see you all over the all over the US in your Rivian, Vivian, uh, <laughs> traveling <laughs> traveling all over the place. So tell us a little bit about this. What what are you doing in Austin right now to separate yourself because you're doing I feel like we just talked about innovative business models. Let's be very specific. Like what are you doing somebody that is watching or listening to this an actionable step that they could take as an alternative business model in the midterm rental space?
6: Yeah, I've cre- I've created a consumer facing brand and that's Hestia, which is the Greek goddess of hospitality. And the idea behind that was that I can't own all the real estate, nor do I want to be on the hook for a rental arbitrage, nor do I want to buy any properties that are far away from where I can operate because I just don't have that kind of time in my lifestyle. So I thought, like, what if I were to create a brand that's consumer-facing, where all the operators that are doing a good job like I am, that care about the amenities, that are empathetic, that care about location, all that kind of stuff. Like if I just brought them under one brand and market them not only to the businesses, but also offer brand recognition to the end client. So for instance, like I, I market Hestia to ALE solutions as a brand. That way they see that I have a, 120 or 130 homes now um, as an inventory to choose from that are all the same like kind quality. It's kind of like if you were to go on Expedia.com and you're looking for a romantic vacation, you would automatically probably go for Four Seasons or JW Marriott or maybe um, a Ritz-Carlton. You know, we're not any of those. We're more like a, a Westin Hotel or Hilton. Like we're a nice premium brand. So someone that might be coming from a premium home might want a Hestia home because that fits that client avatar. So the people that wears a Lululemon, that drinks a Starbucks, goes to Whole Foods and shops at Trader Joe's. Right. Um, And then on the flip side, it's creating that brand recognition. So I actually have I'm a realtor now and I actually have a continuing education course coming out for Texas Real Estate Commission. And that's coming out hopefully in the next month or so where I'll be educating people on what midterm rentals are educating realtors, and then also showing that we have solutions for their clients as well, whether they're building a home in between homes or their home's been destroyed by a flood or fire. So it's a multi-strategy. And I created this brand because I knew how much work it is to make the phone calls, to do the follow-ups, to do all that stuff. And I thought, well, if I'm doing it for myself, why can't I do it for other people that are busy as well?
1: Yeah, I love that. I think that's that community aspect, bringing people in, not only serving the community but also being their place's book, taking care of your client, the folks that have lost their property, the relocation specialist, business traveler, whatever it is. Such a smart move. So kudos to you. Um, who am I missing here now? Uh, Jamie, did you go? A quick, thirty seconds. You guys, we're we're up at uh, thirty-seven minutes. So let's let's jump into this quick.
4: Got it. So I think. One of the approaches that we've taken with some of our homes is really to adapt seasonally to, um, whichever, um, you know, type of worker is there. So whether it's interns, whether like in January, for instance, January through April is tax time. And so the large accounting, um, companies are bringing in seasonal workers, um, you know, in order to, you know, and basically in, in order to file taxes and do all the accounting things but you know a lot of times those businesses don't have homes and so looking at like the seasonal need is another approach that's you know innovative that you can take or going and i talked about it earlier but going to doctor's offices and you know telling them that you have properties that are available for their patients who might need you know long-term housing for their um you know, for their recovery
1: got you perfect i love it okay sarah is it you yep
2: I'll go quick. So mine does not, mine does not feel innovative, but the more I talk about doing this, I'm given feedback that people aren't doing this. So my advice is to network with other investors in that market. I love what Tanisha touched on with the real estate agents. I do that as well because telling real estate agents that you have this housing option for their client is serving them. And so Tanisha, I loved how you articulated that to the realtors. So if you're an investor listening, be sure to use that tip and then do what I do and network with other investors. So I'm so lucky. I actually get text messages from other MTR operators in the market market that says, hey, just got this really hot lead, but I'm full or occupied. Do you need it? And we're just constantly swapping um, our resources. And before we even started this call, I said, oh, I love delegating. And that is like one of the ways that I've delegated is now I have other people in my network providing value to me and I make sure that I do the same to them. If you are an out-of-state investor, which I am, I'm always away from my properties, I do this from Facebook. So yes, you Gen Zers, we are still using Facebook. And I'm networking in Facebook groups, and I'm seeing who else is investing in that market. And I pay attention to what they're saying. There's some naysayers in these Facebook groups. Well, I'm clearly not going to be their best friend. But then there's someone that's always commenting, always giving value. That's someone that I build a meaningful relationship with, even just via DMs or phone call. And those relationships really matter. Um, It does take time as a relationship should, but I'm telling you that as a real estate investor, especially an out-of-state investor, these relationships matter.
1: 100%. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think relationships are so important on, on this aspect. And again, today's call was basically about, hey, we're seeing shifts in the market. How can we do things that are alternative to what we're used to seeing in the space? And I think part of being a real estate investor, especially a savvy one, an intuitive one, is adjusting Um, and skating to where the puck is going, as as many mentioned here. Um, Just real quick, another side note. There is so many businesses um, that are massive around the U.S., like Frito-Lay, Kellogg, um, UDZ Foods. All these agencies are food and beverage retail-type companies um, or manufacturing. And we ended up getting a contract with a company called Gallo Winery. I don't know if you guys ever had um, Apothic Wine before. Any wine drinkers in here? Any winos besides me? No? Maybe so? (laughs) Anyway... We'll, we'll drink to the we'll drink to the apothic afterwards anyway that apothic wine the gala wineries in modesto california we ended up getting a contract with them where they're literally going to pay for housing for all these engineers that come from overseas to stay at our properties um they're coming together coming in groups and if you guys just go online and just look at like kellogg's or um snyder lance or utz foods they're there's there's massive they're all over the place um bimbo's bakeries you guys heard of them they have engineers that come from all over the world to come work with them for a certain amount of time and they're spread out all across the U.S. Those are great ways to be able to see um, and be able to just pick up the phone and dial human resources and say, hey, this is what I do. Here's how I operate. Do you guys have these types of clients that come? How can I serve them? Like, that's literally it. But you have to start looking for those things. You have to be proactive. You have to think ahead of the curve. So I appreciate you guys all for being here. Um, I think this is fantastic. Again, I think that we want we, we are building not I think I know we're building this beautiful community that is here as a resource to other people to continue to grow in this space Um, I do believe that midterm rentals will become an asset class in the future, just like short-term rentals. Um, and we're still super early on in the game. So I'm excited. You guys, um, we're going to have everybody's handles, everybody's information down below. And for those of you that are listening or watching this, please make sure to head over to the midterm rental summit in April. It's going to be April 21st to the 23rd in San Diego. All the info will be down below and you'll probably see a lot of us there on stages as well. So I appreciate you guys for being here. This has been awesome. Thank you guys so much. Your insight is, is is fantastic. And I believe everybody's learning something from the space. So again, thank you guys. And make sure to go follow everybody in this uh, interview. Thanks, guys. Jesse.
0: Thank you. you. Experimentation podcasting has changed the way we operate as real estate investors ourselves. And they can do the same for you. Podcasting has been the source of the masterclasses that we get thanks to the world-class real estate investors and practitioners and specialists that come into the lab from all realms, from short-term rentals to midterm rentals to real estate syndications to even software as a service, owners, founders, entrepreneurs, have helped enrich our experiments by giving us the education, helping us build a network. And lastly, and most importantly, a brand association to open up multiple doors for our respective businesses. If you understand the power that podcasting can have, and you know that you need one for your brand, please, you can rely on our team. Invested talent.com is my team. And the team that helps this podcast, the real estate experiment become the fruition each and every single week to educate my community, build relationships on the air and continue to build our brand. If you know that you need to do these same for your brand and you haven't pulled the trigger yet, maybe because you don't know how our company, InvestedTalent.com does the end to end from the time that you record to the time that it is published to even repurposing content on multiple social media platforms. That's what my team can do for you. Simply go to InvestedTalent.com and book a discovery call to see how my team can help you launch your podcast.